Section 11 of Incidents of Travel in Central America, Chiapas and Yucatan, Volume 2, by John Lloyd Steffens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. At two o'clock we came out upon the lofty table of land bordering the lake of Atitan. In general, I have forborne attempting to give any idea of the magnificent scenery amid which we were travelling, but here forbearance would be a sin. From a height of three or four thousand feet, we looked down upon a surface shining like a sheet of molten silver, enclosed by rocks and mountains of every form, some barren and some covered with verdure, rising from five hundred to five thousand feet in height opposite down on the borders of the lake and apparently inaccessible by land was the town of santiago atitan to which our friend was wending his way situated between two immense volcanoes eight or ten thousand feet high further on was another volcano and further still another more lofty than all with its summit buried in clouds there were no associations connected with this lake until lately we did not know it even by name but we both agreed that it was the most magnificent spectacle we ever saw we stopped and watched the fleecy clouds of vapor rising from the bottom moving up the mountains and the sides of the volcanoes we descended at first by a steep pitch and then gently for about three miles along the precipitous border of the lake leaving on our right the camino real and the village of san andres and suddenly reached the brink of the tableland two thousand feet high at the foot was a rich plain running down to the water and on the opposite side another immense perpendicular mountainside rising to the same height with that on which we stood in the middle of the plain buried in foliage with the spire of the church barely visible was the town of panachael our first view of the lake was the most beautiful we had ever seen but this surpassed it all the requisites of the grand and beautiful were there gigantic mountains a valley of poetic softness lake and volcanoes and from the height on which we stood a waterfall marked a silver line down its sides a party of indian men and women were moving in single file from the foot of the mountain toward the village and looked like children the descent was steep and perpendicular and reaching the plain the view of the mountain walls was sublime as we advanced the plain formed a triangle with its base on the lake the two mountain ranges converged to a point and communicated by a narrow defile beyond with the village of san andres riding through a thick forest of fruit and flower trees we entered the village and at three o'clock rode up to the convent the padre was a young man cura of four or five villages rich formal and polite but all over the world women are better than men his mother and sister received us cordially they were in great distress on account of the outrage at quetzaltenango carrera's troops had passed through on their return to guatemala and they feared that the same bloody scenes were to be enacted all through the country 
part of his outrages were against the person of a cura and this seemed to break the only chain that was supposed to keep him in subjection unfortunately we learned that there was little or no communication with santiago atitan and no canoe on this side of the lake our only chance of seeing don saturnino again was that he would learn this fact at atitan and if there was a canoe there send it for us after dinner with a servant of the house as guide we walked down to the lake the path lay through a tropical garden the climate was entirely different from the table-land above and productions which would not grow there flourished here sapotes ocotes aguacates manzones pineapples oranges and lemons the best fruits of central america grew in profusion and aloes grew thirty to thirty-five feet high and twelve or fourteen inches thick cultivated in rows to be used for thatching miserable indian huts we came down to the lake at some hot springs so near the edge that the waves ran over the spring the former being very hot and the latter very cold according to Waros, quote, the lake of atitan is one of the most remarkable in the kingdom it is about twenty-four miles from east to west and ten from north to south entirely surrounded by rocks and mountains there is no gradation of depth from its shores and the bottom has not been found with a line of three hundred fathoms it receives several rivers and all the waters that descend from the mountains but there is no known channel by which this great body is carried off the only fish caught in it are crabs and a species of small fish about the size of the little finger these are in such countless myriads that the inhabitants of the surrounding ten villages carry on a considerable fishing for them at that hour of the day as we understood to be the case always at that season of the year heavy clouds were hanging over the mountains and volcanoes and the lake was violently agitated by a strong southwest wind as our guide said la laguna está mucha brava santiago atitan was nearly opposite at a distance of seven or eight leagues and in following the irregular and mountainous border of the lake from the point where don saturnino left us we doubted whether he could reach it that night it was much further off than we supposed and with the lake in such a state of agitation and subject as our guide told us at all times to violent gusts of wind we had but little inclination to cross it in a canoe it would have been magnificent to see there a tropical storm to hear the thunder roll among the mountains and see the lightnings flash down into the lake we sat on the shore till the sun disappeared behind the mountains at the head of the lake mingled with our contemplations of it were thoughts of other and far distant scenes and at dark we returned to the convent chapter ten lake of atitan conjectures as to its origin etc a sail on the lake a dangerous situation a lofty mountain range ascent of the mountains commanding view beautiful plain 
an elevated village ride along the lake solola visit to santa cruz del quiche scenery on the road barrancas san tomas whipping posts plain of quiche the village ruins of quiche its history desolate scene a facetious cura description of the ruins plan the royal palace the palace of sacrifice an image two heads etc destruction of the palace recent an arch early in the morning we again went down to the lake not a vapor was on the water and the top of every volcano was clear of clouds we looked over to santiago atitan but there was no indication of a canoe coming for us we whiled away the time in shooting wild ducks but could get only two ashore which we afterward found of excellent flavor according to the account given by Waros, the water of this lake is so cold that in a few minutes it benumbs and swells the limbs of all who bathe in it but it looked so inviting that we determined to risk it and were not benumbed nor were our limbs swollen the inhabitants we were told bathed in it constantly and mr c remained a long time in the water supported by his life preserver and without taking any exercise and was not conscious of extreme coldness in the utter ignorance that exists in regard to the geography and geology of that country it may be that the account of its fathomless depth and the absence of any visible outlet is as unfounded as that of the coldness of its waters the modern traveller in referring to the want of specific information with regard to its elevation and other circumstances from which to frame a conjecture as to its origin and the probable communication of its waters with some other reservoir states that the fish which it contains are the same as are found in the lake of amatitan and asks may there not be some connection between these lakes at least the fathomless one and the volcan de agua we were told that the mojara the fish for which the lake of amatitan is celebrated in that country was not found in the lake of atitan at all so that on this ground at least there is no reason to suppose a connection between the two lakes in regard to any connection with the volcan de agua if the account of torquemada be true the deluge of water from that volcano was not caused by an eruption but by an accumulation of water in a cavity on the top and consequently the volcano has no subterraneous water power the elevation of this lake has never been taken and the whole of this region of country invites the attention of the scientific traveller while we were dressing juan one of our mozos found a canoe along the shore it was an oblong dugout awkward and rickety and intended for only one person but the lake was so smooth that a plank seemed sufficient we got in and juan pushed off and paddled out as we moved away the mountainous border of the lake rose grandly before us and i had just called mr c's attention to a cascade opening upon us from the great height of perhaps 
three or four thousand feet when we were struck by a flaw which turned the canoe and drove us out into the lake the canoe was overloaded and juan was an unskillful paddler for several minutes he pulled with every sinew stretched but could barely keep her head straight mr c was in the stern i was on my knees in the bottom of the canoe the loss of a stroke or a tottering movement in changing places might swamp her and if we let her go she would be driven out into the lake and east ashore if at all twenty or thirty miles distant whence we should have to scramble back over the mountains and there was a worse danger than this for in the afternoon the wind always came from the other side and might drive us back again into the middle of the lake we saw people on the shore looking at us and growing smaller every moment but they could not help us in all our difficulties we had none that came upon us so suddenly and unexpectedly or that seemed more threatening it was hardly ten minutes since we were standing quietly on the beach and if the wind had continued five minutes longer i do not know what would have become of us but most fortunately it lulled juan's strength revived with a great effort he brought us under cover of the high headland beyond which the wind first struck us and in a few minutes we reached the shore we had had enough of the lake time was precious and we determined to set out after dinner and ride four leagues to solola we took another mozo whom the padre recommended as a bobon or great fool the first two were at swords points and with such a trio there was not much danger of combination in loading the mules they fell to quarrelling bobon taking his share ever since we left don saturnino had superintended this operation and without him everything went wrong one mule slipped part of its load in the courtyard and we made but a sorry party for the long journey we had before us from the village our road lay toward the lake to the point of the opposite mountain which shut in the plain of panachael here we began to ascend for a while the path commanded a view of the village and plain but by degrees we diverged from it and after an hour's ascent came out upon the lake rode a short distance upon the brink with another immense mountain range before us and breaking over the top the cataract which i had seen from the canoe very soon we commenced ascending the path ran zigzag commanding alternately a view of the plain and of the lake the ascent was terrible for loaded mules being in some places steps cut in the stone like a regular staircase every time we came upon the lake there was a different view at four o'clock looking back over the high ranges of mountains we had crossed we saw the great volcanoes of agua and fuego six volcanoes were in sight at once four of them above ten thousand and two nearly fifteen thousand feet high looking down upon the lake we saw a canoe 
so small as to present a mere speck on the water and as we supposed it was sent for us by our friend don saturnino four days afterward after diverging and returning to the main road i found a letter from him directed to el ministro de nueva york stating that he found the road so terrible that night overtook him and he was obliged to stop three leagues short of atitan on arriving at that place he learned that the canoe was on his side of the lake but the boatman would not cross till the afternoon wind sprang up the letter was written after the return of the canoe and sent by courier two days journey begging us to return and offering as a bribe a noble mule which in our bantering on the road he affirmed was better than my macho twice the mule track led us almost within the fall of cataracts and the last time we came upon the lake we looked down upon a plain even more beautiful than that of panachael directly under us at an immense distance below but itself elevated fifteen hundred or two thousand feet was a village with its church conspicuous and it seemed as if we could throw a stone down upon its roof from the moment this lake first opened upon us until we left it our ride along it presented a greater combination of beauties than any locality i ever saw the last ascent occupied an hour and three-quarters as old travellers we would have avoided it if there had been any other road but once over we would not have missed it for the world very soon we saw solola in the suburbs drunken indians stood in a line and took off their old petates straw hats with both hands it was sunday and the bells of the church were ringing for vespers rockets were firing and a procession headed by violins was parading around the plaza the figure of a saint on horseback dressed like a harlequin opposite the cabildo the alcalde with a crowd of mestizos was fighting cocks the town stands on the lofty borders of the lake of amatitan and a hundred yards from it the whole water was visible i tied my horse to the whipping post and thanks to carrera's passport the alcalde sent off for sacate had a room swept out in the cabildo and offered to send us supper from his own house he was about ten days in office having been appointed since carrera's last invasion formerly this place was the residence of the youngest branch of the house of the cachiquel indians it was our purpose at this place to send our luggage on by the main road to totonicapan one day's journey beyond while we struck off at an angle and visited the ruins of santa cruz del quiche the indians of that place even in the most quiet times bore a very bad name and we were afraid of hearing such an account of them as would make it impossible to go there carrera had left a garrison of soldiers in solola and we called upon the commandant a gentlemanly man suspected of disaffection to carrera's government and therefore particularly desirous to pay respect to his passport 
who told me that there had been less excitement at that place than in some of the other villages, and promised to send the luggage on under safe escort to the corregidor of Totonicapan, and give us a letter to his comisionado in Santa Cruz del Quiche. On our return, we learned that a lady had sent for us. Her house was on the corner of the plaza. She was a chapeton from old Spain, which country she had left with her husband thirty years before on account of wars. At the time of Carrera's last invasion, her son was alcalde mayor and fled. If he had been taken, he would have been shot. The wife of her son was with her. They had not heard from him, but he had fled towards Mexico, and they supposed him to be in the frontier town, and wished us to carry letters to him, and to inform him of their condition. Their house had been plundered, and they were in great distress. It was another of the instances we were constantly meeting of the effects of civil war. They insisted on our remaining at the house all night, which, besides that they were interesting, we were not loath to do on our own account. The place was several thousand feet higher than where we slept the night before, and the temperature cold and wintry by comparison. Hammocks, our only beds, were not used at all. There were not even supporters in the cabildo to hang them on. The next morning the mules were all drawn up by the cold, their coats were rough, and my poor horse was so chilled that he could hardly move. In coming in he had attracted attention, and the alcalde wanted to buy him. In the morning he told me that, being used to a hot climate, the horse could not bear the journey across the cordilleras, which was confirmed by several disinterested persons to whom he appealed. I almost suspected him of having done the horse some injury so as to make me leave him behind. However, by moving him in the sun, his limbs relaxed, and we sent him off with the men and luggage and the promised escort to Totonicapan, recommended to the corregidor. At a quarter before nine we bade farewell to the ladies who had entertained us so kindly, and charged with letters and messages for their son and husband, set out with Bobon for Santa Cruz del Quiche. At a short distance from the town we again rose upon a ridge which commanded a view of the lake and town, the last and, as we thought, the loveliest of all. At a league's distance we turned off from the Camino Real into a narrow bridle path, and very soon entered a well-cultivated plain, passed a forest clear of brush and underwood, like a forest at home, and followed the course of a beautiful stream. Again we came out upon a rich plain, and in several places saw clusters of aloes in full bloom. The atmosphere was transparent, and, as in an autumn day at home, the sun was cheering and invigorating. At twelve o'clock we met some Indians, who told us that San Tomas was three leagues distant, and five minutes afterward we saw the town, apparently not more than a mile off, but we were arrested by another immense ravine. 
the descent was by a winding zigzag path part of the way with high walls on either side so steep that we were obliged to dismount and walk all the way hurried on by our own impetus and the mules crowding upon us from behind at the foot of the ravine was a beautiful stream at which choked with dust and perspiration we stopped to drink we mounted to ford the stream and almost immediately dismounted again to ascend the opposite side of the ravine this was even more difficult than the descent and when we reached the top it seemed a good three leagues we passed on the right another awful barranca broken off from the table of land and riding close along its edge looked down into an abyss of two or three thousand feet and very soon reached san tomas a crowd of indians was gathered in the plaza well dressed in brown cloth and with long black hair without hats the entire population was indian there was not a single white man in the place nor one who could speak spanish except an old mestizo who was the secretary of the alcalde we rode up to the cabildo and tied our mules before the prison door groups of villainous faces were fixed in the bars of the windows we called for the alcalde presented carrera's passport and demanded sacate eggs and frijoles for ourselves and a guide to quiche while these were got the alcalde and as many alguacils as could find a place seated themselves silently on a bench occupied by us in front was a new whipping post there was not a word spoken but a man was brought up before it his feet and wrists tied together and he was drawn up by a rope which passed through a groove at the top of the post his back was naked and an alguacil stood on his left with a heavy cowhide whip every stroke made a blue streak rising into a ridge from which the blood started and trickled down his back the poor fellow screamed in agony after him a boy was stretched up in the same way at the first lash with a dreadful scream he jerked his feet out of the ropes and seemed to fly up to the top of the post he was brought back and secured and whipped till the alcalde was satisfied this was one of the reforms instituted by the central government of guatemala the liberal party had abolished this remnant of barbarity but within the last month at the wish of the indians themselves and in pursuance of the general plan to restore old usages and customs new whipping posts had been erected in all the villages not one of the brutal beings around seemed to have the least feeling for the victims among the amateurs were several criminals whom we had noticed walking in chains about the plaza and among them a man and a woman in rags bareheaded with long hair streaming over their eyes chained together by the hand and foot with strong bars between them to keep them out of each other's reach they were a husband and wife who had shocked the moral sense of the community by not living together the punishment seemed the very refinement of cruelty 
but while it lasted it was an effectual way of preventing a repetition of the offence at half-past three with an alguacil running before us and bobon trotting behind we set out again and crossed a gently rolling plain with a distant side hill on the left handsomely wooded and reminding us of scenes at home except that on the left was another immense barranca with large trees whose tops were two thousand feet below us leaving a village on the right we passed a small lake crossed a ravine and rose to the plain of quiche at a distance on the left were the ruins of the old city the once large and opulent capital of utatlan the court of the native kings of quiche and the most sumptuous discovered by the spaniards in this section of america it was a sight worthy to be the abode of a race of kings we passed between two small lakes rode into the village passed on as usual to the convent which stood beside the church and stopped at the foot of a high flight of stone steps an old indian on the platform told us to walk in and we spurred our mules up the steps rode through the corridor into a large apartment and sent the mules down another flight of steps into a yard enclosed by a high stone fence the convent was the first erected in the country by the dominican friars and dated from the time of alvarado it was built entirely of stone with massive walls and corridors pavements and courtyards strong enough for a fortress but most of the apartments were desolate or filled with rubbish one was used for sacate another for corn and another fitted up as a roosting place for fowls the padre had gone to another village his own apartments were locked and we were shown into one adjoining about thirty feet square and nearly as high with stone floor and walls and without a single article in it except a shattered and weather-beaten soldier in one corner returning from campaigns in mexico as we had brought with us nothing but our ponchos and the nights in that region were very cold we were unwilling to risk sleeping on the stone floor and with the padre's indian servant went to the alcalde who on the strength of carrera's passport gave us the audience-room of the cabildo which had at one end a raised platform with a railing a table and two long benches with high backs adjoining was the prison being merely an enclosure of four high stone walls without any roof and filled with more than the usual number of criminals some of whom as we looked through the gratings we saw lying on the ground with only a few rags of covering shivering in the cold the alcalde provided us with supper and promised to procure us a guide to the ruins early in the morning with a mestizo armed with a long basket-hilted sword who advised us to carry our weapons as the people were not to be trusted we set out for the ruins at a short distance we passed another immense barranca down which but a few nights before an indian chased by alguacils either fell or threw himself off into the abyss fifteen hundred feet deep and was dashed 
to pieces at about a mile from the village we came to a range of elevations extending to a great distance and connected by a ditch which had evidently formed the line of fortifications for the ruined city they consisted of the remains of stone buildings probably towers the stones well cut and laid together and the mass of rubbish around abounded in flint arrowheads within this line was an elevation which grew more imposing as we approached square with terraces and having in the centre a tower in all one hundred and twenty feet high we ascended by steps to three ranges of terraces and on the top entered an area enclosed by stone walls and covered with hard cement in many places still perfect thence we ascended by stone steps to the top of the tower the whole of which was formerly covered with stucco and stood as a fortress at the entrance of the great city of utatlan the capital of the kingdom of the quiche indians End of section eleven